to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you've joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni. Sarah Masoni, the best lady around. <laughs> uh, today, we have a unique episode. We don't have a guest. Um, it's our annual fancy food show recap. And we can't wait to tell you about all things fancy food. But first, we want to thank our sponsor for supporting Masoni and Marshall. Thank you for helping to spread the word about women entrepreneurs. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice. Marketed Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local markers, makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. I added an extra person in the markers. Not sure who they are exactly, but (laughs) probably the people that have to hand label their packages. Well, we appreciate them too. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Market of Choice. Uh, Well, Sarah, um, we usually hook up our guests with their Instagram here, but today um, let's encourage people to follow the Specialty Food Association on Instagram. That's very nice. And we haven't set our own um, Instagrams in a long time, so I thought, why not do that? So I am uh, Spicy Marshall on Instagram and then um, Marshall's Hot Sauce, so if people want to follow along. And you want to do yours, Sarah? What's your main one? Uh, my main one is Sarah Masoni. Yeah. You have a few floating around out there. <laughs> there's one called Mama Masoni and there's a third one too, but I can't remember what it is. The maybe. million dollar palette. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that could be so it. Everybody can, um, find us on Instagram. We'd love to interact with you. And then our regular, um, podcast Instagram is just Masoni Marshall. So find us out there right. in the world. And so let's touch base about the Specialty Food Association Fancy Food Show, Sarah. I figured um, since you're on the board, um, you could maybe talk a little bit about um, what it means to be a Specialty Food Association member and why maybe some of our listeners would benefit from it. Joining the Specialty Food Association has multiple, multiple um, benefits. So the main one actually is being able to go to the fancy food show, but also there's tons of information and training and education that comes along with that. And it's all available on their website. 
So once you become a member, you get to use those resources. It's really quite wonderful. Yeah, so people can check it out. And if you have any questions, you can also just always send them, you know, questions to see if you're not, if you're not sure. Sometimes it can get confusing to choose which option's best for you, but they can kind of walk you through it. Yeah, each region in the U.S. has uh, support staff um, Mm -hmm. and you'll get connected with them if you send in questions and you can ask them to your heart's content. (laughs) Whatever you need to know. Perfect. Well, you took along um, a group of people. I don't think we've really told our listeners yet who all you took. We've sort of mentioned it a little bit, but do you want to say the different makers that you brought with you? And so you were in the um, Incubator Village, the new now next pavilion. That's right. So this year we had Nomad Snacks. Aisha was there with her unique blends of snackies for all those outdoor activities that you love. And we've had her on the show before, so people can listen to her. Yeah, she has really interesting and delicious snacks. And then we had, oh, gee, um, Femi Kingston, which is the delicious Jamaican rubs and jerk, Jamaican jerk. And that's really awesome. And we had Portland Salt Company, Rebecca and her husband. We're there, and Rebecca's been on our show before as well. And she has finishing salts, which are pretty tasty. And I have lots of pictures of where we went out to eat. Let's see. We had um, (laughs) (laughs) Coco, which is Community Copac Northwest, and they help folks um, bottle their sauces and manufacture different yummy foods. We had Tattoo Protein Waters, and we just had Jacoba here with us on the show. Um, The waters for recovery after you do yoga and other intense sporting events. We had Tan Tan Deli Cafe, and they have several different delicious sauces. And I think that was it. We had a kind of a small group with us. Oh, we had the Lentil Folk Group, Ben Bacon. He has um, instant lentil cups. You just have to add hot water and stir and then let them sit. And you get a great snack or even maybe something that could be a partial meal replacement. Yeah, it, awesome. was, it was a little bit smaller group than you normally take, but um, it still felt really great. You know, it felt like a good group of organ makers and you guys were representing the state well. How did um, your, did you hear back from anybody how it went for them in your in your group? I think everybody had a great show. Um, there was also a group of folks in the Oregon Pavilion, mm-hmm. which was super nice. Uh, we had Elaine's Ethiopian Foods and Portland Pet Food was there. And then there were a couple of cheese companies. Uh, I think Willamette Cheese and Roke Creamy were there. And gosh, I don't remember everyone else. Um, we had Calsa Salsa and Diversity Pavilion as well. And hmm, those are the ones that stick out for me. Do you remember seeing any other Oregon companies there, Sarah? Um, yeah, there was a few. There's a couple. Um, let me, Aardvark, I can just... Secret Aardvark was yep, there. Secret Aardvark was there. Um, Wilderness Poets were there. They're one of my faves. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Oh, Affway Price was there with Hibis Bloom. Um, beverages. 
Yeah, Lola from Umi Organics was there too. Yeah, She's been Lola. on the show before, but she had a new product, um, which is her organic yakisoba sauce. So she was there to show that off. Yeah, and Laurel Foods with all their hazelnut products was there. Yeah. I um, sadly didn't get to make it all the way around the show to see all the Oregon products, but I think we were pretty well represented there since it was just down in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, and in um, you know the in the incubator village in the food innovation center section, we did our first pop up chef counter. So we had kind of the idea kind great. of sparked here over the show and and as Sarah and I were walking through the food show um other other times and so I came along and um cooked for some of the businesses that Sarah had with her and um I thought it was really fun I thought it was fun to try something new and be able to support and um you know have some food presented in a different way in those booths because it's it's very hard to do it yourself when you're in those small booth spaces because you don't have much room and so we just yeah. used the food innovation counter and we cooked for them and um so for portland salt company i did a um steak and potato appetizer bite and used their different salts their um I used their pita salt and their steak salt Yum. and then put it together on a little skewer. And the great thing about it was right away, as soon as I started cooking, people came to film what I was doing. Okay. Um, so so it, got some film time. So we got some film time right away um, because it was something exciting and fun happening. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was pretty, you know, that was great and good for those businesses. And um, the Specialty Food Association came around and filmed some stuff and a couple YouTubers um, that were there to just report on food. And so it was really, it was cool to have it like happen immediately, you know. Um, So that was fun. And then I cooked for Lisa from Tan Tan. I did some lettuce wraps. um, Mm for her with her sauces and and that was really good and then uh, you know I think it generated um because we were on the outside of the group I could send people around to the other people's businesses yeah so that that was really nice yeah I think that was a great um trial for the idea in fact the SFA had a taste at live stage too that wasn't too far from us Mm-hmm. And there were always people sort of just sitting there waiting to see what was going to be next. And it was mostly used by the chefs from Europe. So there was European Union time and chefs from Italy time. I didn't see a lot of like demos for um, domestic. So we might have, we might be on to something there. Yeah. Well, I think it was, it was idea. definitely fun to try it out um i learned a lot of things about traveling with food i know that all of our um chef buddies out there are probably well skilled i wish there was i wish i had better gear you know to make it easy to transport stuff um yeah like camping gear (laughs) yeah it was just a little hard to like figure it all out and um but i think but i had a great time i loved chatting with people i always love cooking for people so it was really nice and then um we we also put those recipes onto our kitsch platform oh that's um, right i saw you were just on with uh with uh, lisa yeah and the um when i did the portland salt one rebecca came on with me and we did kind of like an interview 
and um, cooked. And then our our show was in the top five for that week. And then um, it's been my Ooh. most downloaded recipe. And I have 100 recipes up there. So, And that was the <laughs> potato and steak. The potato bite? and steak appetizer bites. I think because oh, Super Bowl made it for Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is Whoa, cool. You go. Yeah. Yeah. So super fun. I'm so impressed. thanks for giving us all the opportunity to do that. It was a good time. Good trial yeah. run. Something else that was fun that happened for us, we had a group from Chile come from Creus, which is a kind of a like a food innovation center. It's down in Valparaiso, Chile, and there were uh, three or four items um, that they brought with them. One was a quinoa strawberry juice, and then they had some traditional Chilean cookies topped with coconut and caramel, and those were called dulces de la ligua. And then there were some quinoa cookie bars as well. And they were just so excited to be at the fancy food show, seeing all the stuff. And it was really nice to have them there as well. That's really cool. Did you get to try their products? Uh, Well, the strawberry juice, quinoa strawberry juice, they had to pour out because of um, TSA. Oh, no. And then the cookies had... Uh, wheat in them, so I couldn't oh, really so try couldn't those. Try but um, they were beautiful, and I mm-hmm. gave them away to other people that were interested in them. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It's so fun. That's the thing that I, you know, I love about the food show is that there's really um, so much diversity. There's people traveling from all different countries, and yes. and I feel like I learn something new um, about different places every time that I go. So that's like yes. one of my favorite things about it. I loved, in fact, one of my favorite booths was Show You Islands of Japan. Did you go around that booth, sir? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so fun. Is, is, I, that, is that where they did the different soy sauce tasting? Yeah. They yeah. have all these islands that specialize in soy sauce that are uh, around somewhere around the coast of Japan, apparently. And um, I think I mentioned this on a previous show, is like, oh my gosh, am I eating bad soy sauce here in the U.S.? Because there were all these soy sauces that weren't even brown. (laughs) Yeah. And they were so good. I think it's one of those things, you know, like if you um, only have something a certain way for so long, you just think that that's what it is. The only way it is. And then when you have something that's really good and really beautiful, then you can't go back. It's like, I feel like I did that with olive oil too. Like I would Mm -hmm. just cook with whatever olive oil. And then once I had good olive oil, I'm like, I am never cooking with anything that is not great (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy the way that happens. Yeah. That's what I learned about that soy sauce too. Do you think that now you will buy soy sauce differently than, than before you went to the fancy food show? Well, I took the picture of my favorite soy sauce and Mm -hmm. it's available at a Wijamaya. So I'm, when I'm over in Beaverton, I'm going to pick up a bottle of it. Good idea. And then hide it from my family. (laughs) It just goes in a special cabinet only. You know, Yeah, exactly. I'll label it something else. So that would Label it some weird name so they won't try it. Yeah. So uh, I went online and I found the top 10 trends from the Winter Fancy Food Show. Oh, let's hear them. So what I also did was I looked through and found out if any of the products that we've worked on at the Food Innovation Center were in those top 10 and they actually got called out. So first I'll say what what, what the category was and then I'll say which products were from Oregon. 
So Sounds great. The, f- the first category was non-alcoholic cult, uh, cocktail culture. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole big movement for people to have options when you go out to socialize in bars and stuff. And they want people want non-alcoholic options. And we had two companies listed in their top five from the show. And one was uh, for Bitter for Worse, which is non-alcoholic sparkling aperitifs, wines, and spirits. Yeah, and and that's um, Susan, right? Yeah, and uh, she just we just booked a show with her, so she'll be on the show soon, and we'll be Good. able to hear more about her story. And then Hibis Bloom, which was in the included um, area under the new now next and diversity pavilion, she has handcrafted beverages, which are mixers and stuff like that from West Africa using the hibiscus flower and bissa. So we're proud of what she's doing. Halfway. Yay! That's so cool. And then. Um, the second category was fermented for function. I'm surprised we didn't have anybody in that category. I bet if somebody like Choi's kimchi was there, they would have, um, been in that category. Third category was honey is hot. And guess what? We didn't have anyone in that category, but everyone is eating hot honey on pizza and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Have you helped make any of the hot honeys with your hot sauce here? Um, not with my hot sauce, but I did some recipe development for um, Jacobson Salt Company a few years oh. back, and I made them a hot honey. Um, and it's a little bit different now than the one that I did the for them. One. Um, yeah, which sometimes happens. I mean, people have to the sourcing is different or whatever, but um, but they do still have it. So people are interested in trying it and. Um, that one has scorpion peppers in it, so it's pretty hot. Oh, that is hot. Um, it's a really nice honey, though. Um, if if people want to try it, it's a nice spicy one. Yeah, I know Kelly's Jelly has a hot honey too. So mm-hmm. look up if you want a hot honey. Look for Jacobson and look for um, Kelly's Jelly. The fourth top trend of top ten trends was new packaging, form, and utility. We didn't have anybody in that category. The fifth one was Stardust Bases, Kits and Shortcuts for Convenience. And guess what? We had three in that category. One is Eleni's Kitchen, EK, Ethiopian, Injera, and Simmering Sauces. She was over in the Oregon Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Then we had Kalsa Salsa, Soup Divan Rippy, who they've been on our show in the past. And they have uh, Indian Fusion Salsa Starter Kits. And then the third one is Real Foods, and Real Foods um, has a line of soup kits that I helped them with, oh, many, many years ago. They have a water rafting tour guide uh, business, and um, so they worked with the Food Innovation Center, too. Sixth category is Pantry Without Borders. We didn't have anyone in that category. Seventh is sustainable, upcycle, and regeneratively grown ingredients. And we had two products in that category, Neptune snacks, fish jerky, seafood snacks. Um, They have a fish jerky made with pollock, which is harvested off the west coast of the U.S. And wayward spirit, which is 80 proof spirit distilled from upcycled whey. That product started in Oregon. It's now manufactured down in California. 
Category eight was high quality meal prep. And guess what? Portland Salt Company, steak salt, pita salt, and toast sugar made it into that category. Yay. Yay. And then um, health and balance. We didn't have anyone in that category. And then the last category was beneficial beans and lentils. And guess what? Ben Bacon with his lentiful instant lentil cups made it into the category. So we had one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine products in the top 10 trends. And for our listeners, I don't think anyone else had that. No, that's so great. That's so wonderful. And I think for our listeners out there that are kind of thinking about starting a business, these are good things to look at. Because if you say, you know, have an idea um, that can somehow fit into that category, or you can tweak to fit into those categories, I would say yeah. it's a good idea to do that because you can um, you can get a lot of press. You, it's definitely something that is filling a need or that grocery buyers are specifically looking for. So, um, so I think it's a good thing to look at. Yeah. And, you know, even though we have all the categories separated out, there's something about all of them that made them really special and um, cool. Did you have any show favorites that you want to talk about, Sarah? Yeah, I did. Um, So there is a company called Waylong Delicious, and they make modern spicy snacks. They call themselves a modern spicy snack enterprise, and they're based in China. And so they were in that pavilion um, and they had all of these things that I I haven't really seen here in the States. And they, you know, they were really great about giving us samples and letting us try and explaining these different things. But Mm -hmm. they have they had all these little individual pouches. And um, so one thing that I tried was a Szechuan potato in a bag and it's like cooked and sliced and you eat it like a snack, like a but it's like wet, you know, like not it like a chip. Wet? Yeah, it's like it's like a cooked potato in a little in a little sealed pouch. Whoa! I wish I would have got that. Yeah, but it's got this like Szechuan chili oil on it, so it's really spicy. Uh, Yum. super interesting. And then they also had this other product there that I'd never even heard of, and it's called the the cone jack plant. It's cone jack oh, from cone jack. Yeah. K-O-N-J-A-C. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had that? Yeah. Konjac is um, a Japanese potato or yam root, they call it. Yeah. It's kind of cool because it absorbs like so much uh, water. You eat it and it fills you up. So they use it for dieting of all things. And it will looks like it's from the sea kind of like it. Maybe it looks like a little sea creature. Yeah, you know, and and they of course put it in this really spicy oil, um, but then when I was looking the plant up, it said it was also called a uh, snake palm, voodoo lily, or devil's Ooh. tongue. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> sort of weird. Yeah, so it was it was weird and fun. So I had a really good time um, tasting through the things that they had, and they were they were all everything was really spicy, which I loved. Yeah, so. Um... I still have my bag of goodies in my office somehow. I haven't eaten everything. <laughs> and gosh, today I did eat two chocolates from uh, the folks up in Seattle. But uh, one of my favorite things that I always get at the show 
is the Sicilian extra virgin olive oil. Oh, yeah. From Partana. It's so good. And I also got a little bottle of Truff hot sauce. And this one is actually black truffle infused. Did you get one of those, sir? I didn't get one of those, but I do have... I think um, I should give this to you. I do have a hot sauce that I found that does a truffle sauce. It's not truffle sauce. Um, there's a company called Seed Ranch. And yeah. um, and we became sauce buddies because we both have done special projects for the Heatness. And okay. so, um, so he makes really great sauces. And he does have a sauce that has truffle in it. I, I think it's really nice. My favorite sauce that he does is a taco sauce. Um, and none of his sauces are very spicy but I think they're really nice for cooking. Um, so if people want to check those out, Seed Ranch. And then he also has a little side biz on that um, called, I think it's called Grown-Ass Mac and Cheese. Grown-Ass Mac and Cheese? Yeah, so it's like mac and cheese for grown-ups. Must and be it's, really spicy. Um, it's, it's not spicy. It's vegan. Um, it's a vegan macaroni and cheese. And the what I like Ooh. about what he does is that he has this product his boxes are like this neon yellow and he wears a neon yellow jumpsuit with a a little mac and cheese noodle guy on the back. So he is very, you know, you can see him, you know what his product is. He's like wearing his brand in full force. And I really like that because he has a lot of fun with it. Um, So I think if you, if that's your vibe of your, um, you know your product dress up like it i think go with it if that's yeah if that's what you there was do, a so. guy in the japan area dressed up like a bottle of soy sauce yeah and then i saw another fellow who has shiitake mushrooms and he had a mushroom on his head mm-hmm. yeah and i just ate a rice ball there was a lot of individually wrapped one cracker from japan mm-hmm. so i don't know if they think one cracker is a snack I think they just do that so that they can give out samples. <laughs> I was like, that's not very sustainable. Uh, no, like, I think it's maybe just people could try people it from not snacking if they have to open a wrapper every time they want a snack. <laughs> just probably. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about more fun things we tried. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. All right, everybody. I think one of the coolest things that I got at the show in that Japanese um, shoyu booth was actually a fish pen that is made with, it's a soy sauce ink. And it's shaped like a fish. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and it has soy sauce in it? Yeah, that's yeah. what they said. They're like, don't eat it. Don't eat it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to try writing with it. It's pretty crazy. What was your favorite thing you got at this? Oh, you can't even eat it. It looks like soy sauce, but it's actually a rubber fish. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I've seen things like that where um, I think Dirk has them from our, our, uh, my daughter's lunches where you fill that fish with soy sauce, you know, so okay, it makes sense well, that they it, would do it as a pen. It writes in brown. So there you go. <laughs> I, w- Cute. I wish I could give one to everyone listening. 
I don't know. I could go through the whole bag, but it's a little crazy. <laughs> well, some other things that I tried that I really liked, I just wanted to mention really quickly. Um, this one I wanted to mention for you uh, yeah. because there's this pretzel company called Stellar Mini Braids, oh. and they make gluten-free pretzels. Yum. And what they do is they make a gluten-free butter bread, they call it. Ooh. So, um, And then they have all these different flavors. And they had a spicy pretzel that was so good. I loved it. I don't think you would love that one. It was very hot, which I liked. Oh. <laughs> but they have other flavors too. They have just like plain sea salt. They have all these different ones. But um, But I wanted you to definitely find them because I think it's a good snack for you. Oh, I have to give a shout out to Walker's Shortbread because they have a line of gluten-free cookies now. And the plain shortbread was so good. I went online and I recently ordered the plain gluten-free shortbread, which is a butter shortbread, the chocolate chip shortbread, and the ginger lemon shortbread. And they just got delivered today. They actually shipped to our house on DHL from Germany. And it was lower cost for me to order them from Germany, even paying international freight, which is only $20, to order all of those cookies. And we ordered cookies from you, too, from your daughter. (laughs) So we have so many cookies at our house. You're going to be a cookie family for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's that my daughter's in Girl Scouts. So that's why Sarah is mentioning that, because she's selling Girl Scout cookies. And, you know, it's really nice that... um, I like these days of modern Girl Scouting because I can just post it on my Instagram and then I don't have to have her. You don't have to walk around? Well, she goes around and we put little notes on our neighbor's doors, but that's it. I just didn't want her to be standing at Safeway. Like she's too little for that, you know? So, so thank you to friends and family who have supported us. So I don't have to have my kids standing up front of the grocery store. Appreciate you. So one other thing I wanted to talk about was the press room. Mm-hmm. At the fancy food show, and want to just tell everyone if you're going to the show as a vendor, make sure and go into the press room. We talked about it before, but um, it has a lot of information and it talked about how the show was segmented into certain areas. And the top of the list was the new now next area, which is where we were, but there were also other trade show pavilion areas. So it was divided by confectionery, snacks, and sweets. There was a beverage pavilion. They had a deli pavilion. And then the diversity pavilion, the U.S. state pavilions. There were international pavilions and even a business services pavilion. The other thing that was happening on the show floor was they had meat suites which were meeting space for show attendees and exhibitors to connect and collaborate. And then there was the big idea stage, which talked about latest category insights from the thought leaders. Um, Taste It Live, we mentioned earlier, where buyers can taste specialty food products from around the globe. And then there was a key buyer lounge with private meeting rooms. And I saw one of them, they had like these cool little booths with tables and comfortable chairs so you could really have private conversations. There was also a social media moment with Keopix, which was a unique interactive photo experience. Did you do that, Sarah, where you get to stand on the stage and it spins around you? I didn't I, do it. I did it when we were in New York, yeah. 
with my with my brother so i like it was kind of cool because i like held my sauce out and then they spin it around and then you know you have something to post on your social media yeah and there was a a best food booth contest this year again and wisconsin cheese won for their fancy booth that they put together it was a beautiful booth they got a trophy and everything um, there'll be a contest again in the summer fancy food show. So if anybody wants to participate in that, that would be good. I um when you're talking about um favorite booth, I I like to kind of check out, you know, how people set things up and um, you know, things that I think are really welcoming. And um I really liked at the so there's a bunch of brands under under Betty Crocker. So there's like, you know, a bunch of things that they own. And so they had a booth there. But what I really liked about their booth, it was, of course, big. They're a big company. Um, But they had a counter right in the middle where it said, you know, please come decorate. And and they just had all these cookies out and all these cookie decorations. And people that were walking through the show, no matter who it was, could come up and decorate their own cookie. And they had some, they had all different holiday themes because I think they just wanted to kind of show off what they had. Yeah. Um, and people could come decorate their own cookie, take pictures of it. It said, you know, like tag us in your Instagram or whatever. And I just thought that was a really nice uh, interactive way for everybody to be part of their booth. Um, and so I don't, you know, I just wanted to say that to people that, you know, if you're trying to figure out some way for people to to draw them in, I think, of course, making food for them or having some kind of something for them to do, I think is a really fun way to bring them yeah. over to you. Either that or serve coffee. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> coffee and ice cream are always two favorites. Well, that's why I always love going into the um, you know, the non-dairy plant-based milk section because they always yeah. have espresso machines and they make you do really nice coffee drinks with their yeah. their new product line. So that's like always the first place I hit when I go to the show because I'd rather have that like really delicious, like freshly made cappuccino than like the big bucket yeah. that sat over on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird, gross old coffee pot. Okay. So since you brought up the non-dairy milks, I have mm-hmm. to give a shout out to the Wilderness Poets of Ashland, Oregon. They had a new product launch at the show and it's called Spin. And it's either almond or cashew-based concentrates that you just add water to. And we should probably try and have them on the show, Um, but they have it down. It's so good. They had people like four or five deep at their booth the whole time. And they first came to the Food Innovation Center like 18 years ago. And they actually bought the old um, nut processing facility that was owned by somebody. Oh, I, their name is skipping. Uh, I think it's there's with an M. But, but anyway, they bought an old facility and rehabbed it and are now making delicious nut butters. And now this cashew and almond milk concentrate down in Ashland. Shout out to John. That's really cool. I haven't tried it. I'll have to check it out for sure. I didn't. I missed them at the show, I guess. Yeah. And then also another one, uh, Slasa, which is a cross between slaw and salsa. Um, they had been on Shark Tank and its um, CEO is uh, Julie Boucher and she's on the board with me and she is just a dynamo and her product was great. She had 
a great booth with a little hot dog cart and a big, huge banner behind her um, and was really approachable. Just a great booth, I thought, and a great product. Super interesting. She said she got 86 contacts at the show. That's great. Yeah, her booth was cute. I mean, I think it made people want to walk over to it because it's just like cute little hot dog stand, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Did you have any other favorites, Sarah? Um, I did. I found this um company called it's called Naira. Yeah. And what they have is called an Icelandic cheese snack. Oh. And and what it what it seemed like to me was like um i don't know if you've ever had moon cheese that's oh, like um crunchy. it's like crunchy freeze-dried mm-hmm. cheese yeah. um but this woman uh is icelandic that started the company and she said like in iceland they they can't really store dairy and cheese and things like that and so i'm not sure if it was freeze-dried she didn't necessarily say uh, but I'm guessing it was. Um, and she does all these different cool flavors. So um, I tried one of the, um, it was like Gouda and jalapeno ones. But they also Ooh. do it because, you know, in Iceland, they eat a lot of things with fish. So there was like some different ones that were fish and cheese together. Oh. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was definitely stuff that I hadn't ever tried before. Um and so that is spelled N-A-E-R-A. If people want to look it up, they have an Instagram and stuff. But um, I thought that was really, it was really fun. And it was something that I hadn't seen. And her story really sold it of, um, you know, where she's from and why why she made it. Because she wanted these flavors from Iceland here. So That's really cool. And I had a third one, uh, which was a surprise to me. It was a happy surprise. There was a company there called Churn. And their tagline is pioneering the new era of butter. And it's chef-crafted flavor for butter to inspire and elevate your culinary creations. Basically, the gentleman who started that company had come to the Food Innovation Center and hung out with us like three days before we were shut down for COVID. And the last thing I said to him, he's like, well, is there anything I need to do with my butters? I was like, no, just get them in a package and sell them. And he did it. So he had a beautiful booth and I think he had like eight different flavored butters there. And I walked up to the booth. His name's Michael. And he was like, Sarah. And he came out and gave me a nice hug and said hi and had me taste everything to make sure they still tasted good. And it was just really fun to see him there. Um, he had his parents working the booth and a couple other folks, and it was just so great to see him there. Don't you just feel like so proud of people when they like pull I, off so their dreams? People, <laughs> yeah, it's like what the he made it. I love it. it. Cool, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the impact that we've had on that association's been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing they did was the Winter Fancy Food Show live stream. So if you are a member, you can go on to the app. You can actually download the app on your phone and watch the live streams from the show. And they had a whole bunch of people there talking about um, what was going on at the show. Oh, and I guess it's actually on YouTube and also on Facebook. So you can go and sort of recap through those videos that were made live on the show floor. 
So that was cool. Yeah, that's super fun. Well, yeah. and we also um, always like to talk about where we eat when we go there. Oh. So that if people are going to Vegas mm -hmm. and they want to experience the things we've experienced, they can. Um, yeah. And this trip was a little different. Sarah and I didn't eat together every time because last show I was staying with you in your hotel room. This time, yeah, we, we did a little separated. bit separate things. Um, but we did both go to some of the same places. We just went at different times. So uh, we did go to Morimoto. Yep. Which we had gone to before. Um, Chef Morimoto has a spot in Vegas. It's it's wonderful. Okay, so give me your honest opinion. Was it as good as last year? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, okay. you know, I had, um, I knew what I liked from last year. And so I got some of those same things. You got the same ones. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't get quite as many things as before because, um, you know, Dirk and I just went this time and, um, but I love the, the tuna Toro that, that he does. He's, he's that, that dish has been, he's done it for you know, I don't even know, 15 years or something, because we had it in New York a long time ago at his yeah. New York location. Um, and it's yeah. changed a little bit over the years, but I always really love it. And so that's the one where you scrape the paddle along yeah. the tuna and you can put all the different things that in there. so good. I actually, because I'd gone with you, I was able to show the people I ate there with how to do it. And they're like, how do you know how to do this? I was like, because my friend Sarah showed me. <laughs> You're an old, old pro now. Exactly. <laughs> And then um, we both went to China Poblana, which is uh, Jose Andreas's yep. restaurant. Um, and that's my brother's. My brother was with me there. And that's my brother's favorite restaurant to go to in Vegas. So we went there and that was a good time. Um, I don't and actually like that Ito, Ito Gastro that you took me to better than Poblana this year. You liked it better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went to a Spanish um, like tapas place that was like a tapas gastro, and and it was, it was good. It was so good, and it was so fun. And what I loved about it was the creative ways that they plated the food, mm -hmm. um, which is what makes it kind of like a gastro pub type thing. So they, you know, they would give you things that look like one thing, but but they're totally different. So things would come out like a a tartar came out in a little treasure chest. Um, and Sarah and I both have food allergies. And so they were really great with accommodating both of us, which is nice because I know it's hard at a table to have two people that have two different things going on, but they were really wonderful with it because we did the tasting menu. So, okay. So the, I did go somewhere you had not been, um, Sweets Raku. Did you go there ever, Sarah? Mm -mm. It's a dessert spot. Um, uh, it's by Mio Ogasawara, probably totally butchered the name, but they got a, a huge restaurant award gold plate in their entryway. And it's just a small little restaurant and you can sit at the boot counter and watch them prepare and plate the desserts. And it's freaking amazing. It was amazing. That, that sounds really fun. We, um, to go there next year again. Yeah. We went to a place called Sparrow and Wolf. Yeah. And that was probably my favorite place this trip. So next year we'll I'll have to take go me. there together. It was so okay. good. It's um Korea they have a it's a couple that has another restaurant. So it's um Korean, 
mm. kind of like Korean fusion, um, but it's it's really beautiful and wonderful, and we had a great time um, there. So that that was probably my top pick. And they did all these different all these different dishes that I was just like amazed by all of them. They were all so good. So that was like that was a very fun one for me. And then um, I also really wanted to try in the Cosmopolitan. They have um, some kind of like fast food spots. And, oh yeah, I um, saw that. Did you go to some of those? I I went to one. Yeah, uh, we had flown into Vegas and I was starving. I hadn't eaten, and okay. I was like, "Just give me food." And so my brother was like, "Let's go here." So it's where they have the um, like the Lardo counter and you know a couple yeah. other counters. But they, I went to Hattie B's and they have um, this very very spicy like the spiciest probably the spiciest chicken that I've ever had Um, and I got that and it comes with fries with like kind of like a old bay seasoning or something like that on that Mm. but it was really good I loved it it was so hot Um, so when you and I I could eat it when we were there in 2022 those shops weren't open and then when I was there and obviously when you were there this year they were all open yeah so that was good. Mm-hmm. Yep, was things good were back in action for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think Vegas was really crazy or anything. I do have to say I didn't get sick. Yeah. I just used hand sanitizer and washed my hands and wore a mask when I felt uncomfortable and I did not get sick. Yeah, I didn't either. We made it out. (laughs) We made it out. The other fun thing about this show this year is they, on the opening night, they had this spectacular performance by some local performance artists. And there was a man on stilts dressed in a mirrored costume. That was pretty wacky. There was a woman doing fire twirling and there was, a couple of gals on stilts as well dancing. It was just crazy. And then they had food carts of all things there. So you could go and actually order a few items from the food carts. So that was, I thought, a really fun opening night um, celebration at the show. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, I did do some other activities while I was there. So if people um, are going to Vegas and they want to do stuff that's oh, not in the main the drag. Man. Yeah, I went to... Uh, pinball museum and that was really neat it's um definitely like you know portlanders are used to pinball kind of being everywhere but this was like um a place that has all these really rare machines where some of the machines there's only one ever made because they they get everything in there and then they fix them and then you can actually play them so you can go around with a bucket of quarters and play all of them um so that was very cool uh i did go to meow wolf again which you and i had been oh you did was it the same or you know what was interesting, Sarah, that they took away all the stuff that I felt like was so fun. Like you can't, I think, I mean, I think because when we were there, it was, you know, things weren't crowded. Yeah. Um, I They took out the slides, what? which you and I loved. They took out the... Um, I think people were getting hurt because Probably. They, yeah. Yeah. And then the part where you like climb up the hidey hole, you know, yeah. on the rope that, that's... that's was gone. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Too many out of shape participants. I think so. I have but to was, admit, I was a little winded when I got the top of that one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was still really fun and really neat. And then they also had they put an arcade in there with a oh. bunch of um, pinball and stuff. And so we went and did that. And um, and That's my fun. brother and Dirk had not been there before, and so we got to go around and do that. So that was really cool. And then we also went on a tiki bar tour. 
Um, oh yeah that's the one i was a little jealous of yeah there's a bunch of cool old tiki bars that have just been around you know since um old vegas days and um so we went to quite a few of those i did um maybe you can think of it I can't, I can't remember the name right now, but I posted it on my Instagram. So um, maybe but, some people have never went to a tiki bar. Like, what is a tiki bar, actually? Why don't you tell us in your, in your, in a few well, words? I mean, I don't know. We, okay, in tropical. So in, yeah, in Portland, we have maybe one, Hele Pele. Um, yeah. But, so yeah. So usually it's, like, decorated with, like, grass and... <laughs> coconuts and bamboo yeah and there was fire coming out of weird things and yeah and they when we went to in san francisco that was crazy there was a lake in the middle of it and a like a boat with people playing music the tonga room yeah yeah so that's why i like these kinds of things because um it's just fun to kind of see what people do and how you know how they kind of make it their own and um, and you know they like light drinks on fire, and it's like a show. And I mean, um, you can get the best probably coconut and pineapple drinks anywhere at one of those places. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a good time. So those were my um, those were my highlights of our Vegas trip. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to recap, or should we wrap it? I think we could wrap it up. I mean, if you ever get a, anyone listening out there, if you ever get a chance to go to the show, um, there's a lot of opportunities for folks. Like, So if you're a buyer and you're listening and you want to go to the show, they'll give you a pass to go to the show. Um, we also would love to have buyers become members. Mm-hmm. So without buyers in our community of all these makers, the makers will go out of business. So we need people to come and buy all the special handcrafted artisan foods that are being made by the members of the association. And it's a place to celebrate food unabashedly celebrate food. Yeah. yeah, It's such a good time. I um, recommend if people have the opportunity to, um, to really go and connect with the people there. Cause I think it's really fun. Yeah. And the next show's in New York uh, in June on the 25th to the 27th of 2023 at the Javits Center. Perfect. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, we're currently booking. So send us a DM on our Instagram at Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye for now. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.